and welcome to Rogue Pixels, the podcast that shares your love of the biggest and best animations online. Each week, I, Colm O'Hearn, chat with the creators of the most successful tunes on the internet to learn all about how those cartoons came into existence. And this week we are talking about Secret History of Sonic and Tails from Mashed. The YouTube channel that specialises in producing cartoons that parody video game characters as well as the occasional TV show. Importantly, over the course of almost 10 years, it has amassed 4 million subscribers and over 1 billion views. Whilst I work with the Mashed guys, I don't think you can say I'm being biased if I say those numbers not too shabby. So now that you know all that, let's chat a little bit about one of the biggest cartoons ever on Mashed, Secret History of Sonic and Tails. In just over seven years, it has racked up more than 12 million views and it even went on to spawn an entirely new series in There's Something About Amy. And of course, after that, There's Something About Knuckles. So look, why don't you have a listen to a clip of Secret History of Sonic and Tails and then I will be right back to chat to Tom and Ben of Mashed all about the cartoon. Miles Tails Prower, Lovable hero and inseparable sidekick to Sonic the Hedgehog. Or so the story goes. But all tales have two sides. Joining me today to talk about Secret History of Sonic and Tails and the impact it's had on the channel as a whole is firstly series producer at Mashed, Ben Michael. Hello, Ben. Hello, Colm. <laughs> and <laughs> director of comedy and animation at Mashed, Tom Jenkins. Hello, Tom. Hello. Firstly... Because we have a lot of people out there who love Mashed, but they maybe don't know the faces behind Mashed. So can you give the people who are listening a bit of an insight into what exactly you do at Mashed? Tom, why don't you start us off? I've been involved in Mashed since its inception. I kind of help to oversee like uh, editorial output, uh, strategic direction. Uh, I work very closely with Ben on content. So yeah, that's kind of everything from developing ideas, feeding back on scripts, working with composers and voice actors and animators, but I probably focus a little bit more on the production side of things. I mean, I was going to throw to you, Ben, and ask what you do, but I'm not sure if there are any jobs left. But please, what do you do day to day? (laughs) Well, I guess I do a lot of writing, a lot of script editing, but then everything else that Tom does too, but less working directly with the animators on the big team projects, but on the smaller ones I work with the guys quite a lot. So look, let's talk a bit about the cartoon then, Secret History of Sonic and Tails. But it's a while ago now since it came out. So yeah, I think 2016, February 2016, I think it was. So can you, Tom, sum up Secret History of Sonic and Tails in in 60 seconds or less? And I will be timing you, I must say. Yeah, go for it. Go. Okay, I mean, so Secret History is an idea. I'm really into uh, history, especially like military history. Um, and like Secret History came off the back of the idea of just like propaganda and how stories are told by the winners. And as stories progress over time, they go from stories to legends to myths. Um, and ultimately the idea was what if the games that you play are the victory tales um, of the winners effectively. So what Secret History of Tales really is, is it's just a story about how friendship can turn into obsession and how uh, that can often lead to something a little bit darker uh, and more sinister. So yeah, I mean, that was the idea behind it, like at its core. Well within the 60 seconds, Tom, 
you're you're nothing if a man that can hit his mark. And yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but in order to talk, I mean, you alluded to it there. In order to talk mm. about Secret History of Sonic and Tales, I need you to cast your mind back, Tom, to September, I think it was, of 2015. Japan had just beaten South Africa in the Rugby World Cup. A massive upset. Yeah. Mamma Mia had finished its run in New York City after over 5,000 performances. We all shed a single tear for Benny and Bjorn. But the other important thing that happened was secret history of Super Mario Bros. Yeah. I don't want to cannibalize a future episode by talking about that cartoon too much, I suppose. But what I did want to know was when was the decision made to continue the series or even just to do a version of that with Sonic the Hedgehog? Was it before the Mario cartoon had come out or was it because of the reception of the secret history of Mario? Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely say it was down to the reception of the first cartoon. Like, I still remember working it up as a format um, with a couple of guys who uh, we were writing with at the time. So yeah, we, what we wanted to do is at the time we were putting out lots of like one-off episodes of everything, um, which was obviously like not sustainable uh, in a lot of ways. So um, I was trying to kind of develop some formats that were repeatable um, and ideas. That I felt like there was kind of like a rich vein of kind of stories to kind of go after. So I still remember releasing that. I think we released it on a Friday because I was at EGX, which is like a big video games expo. And I remember because we released it a day late, which if we continue to do lots of these, you'll find is a consistent theme, regardless of the year of Mashed, uh, is that we were maybe slightly behind and running a bit late. But I still remember literally kind of getting off the coach to EGX and checking um, YouTube Studio. And it just blew up. It just performed like really, really well. So off the back of that, I reached out to Rice Pirate, uh, McLeod, and we knocked around some ideas about potential kind of games. And actually, I'm, I'm looking at the email thread right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And the games that we talked about at the time were Mega Man, Sonic, Punch-Out, and Metroid. And obviously, any fan of Secret History will know that ultimately we, we also made Mega Man. But yeah, I think Sonic was um, the, the idea that we liked the most, ultimately. I did try and find like my notes and stuff, but uh, I realized that all of our communication was over Skype. Um, so yeah, I just can't get back in and find lost it. Lost the time. Um, lost the time. Yeah. Maybe for the best. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is mad to think about now in 2023, but this was the second ever Sonic cartoon that mashed it. Yeah. With the first being the Science of Power Ups cartoon. And that was slightly different because with Secret History of Sonic and Tails, you were giving these characters... A personality, as you said, uh, written by Mick Lauer, who also voices Tails in the cartoon. Um, the Sonic fan base, I think it's fair to say, and I think it's fair to say because I myself have been playing Sonic games since the early 90s. Like Sonic fan base, pretty rabid at times. So was there any trepidation with what you were um, going to be doing with Secret History? I mean, to an extent. I mean, at that point in Mash's life, I would say there was trepidation around lots of ideas and lots of uh, directions I was I was taking like the content in. But I mean, I think ultimately, I think even if you look at fandoms back then, it was kind of slightly different and maybe a bit less kind of polarized. And you could say that about the world in general. You yes, know? But, I, yeah. but, but I wasn't, no, I wasn't concerned. And I wasn't concerned because the whole point of the format was this kind of idea of, you know, like a documentary that was kind of like recontextualizing 
things that I found interesting or worlds that I found interesting, you know? So it was kind of like very much like a Warhammer 40k kind of approach, which is like everything is canon, but not everything is true. So yeah, I just felt like it was a really, yeah, it was a fun way to kind of explore a theme that I felt was relatable and just a strong story. And Mick, I knew had the chops to write something that could do it justice. And he did. Had Mick written for Mashed previously? So he had. He'd done a cartoon, Deadpool JRPG, which kind of reimagined Deadpool, yeah, as a video game character. But I would say that that was kind of quite different, way more of a sketch, not really a story. So yeah, he'd just done that for us at the time. Ben, I haven't forgotten about you. We should mention to the listener that you weren't working at Mashed at the time. No. You came in a couple of years later. But... Obviously, you are well aware and you've seen the impact that the character of Tales, affectionately known as Psycho Tales or Insanity Tales, I think affectionate, I'm pretty sure affectionately known as, you're aware of their impact on, on Mashed as a whole. Mm. In my time working at Spodgun and by extension Mashed, the character that always pops up in fan art is Tales. You have the FNF, the Friday Night Funkin' mod as well that Secret Histories mod that spawned because of Tales as well. I don't want to go too deep in the weeds on There's Something About Amy because that is definitely a conversation for another time. But we all know now, I mean, spoilers, like I'm sure you're well aware if you're listening to this, but the character comes back in There's Something About Amy and people now see Secret History of Sonic and Tales as a prequel to There's Something About Amy. I know you were heavily involved in the writing process of Amy. Did you feel any pressure in bringing this character back i mean i don't know really about pressure i mean i guess because i mean i guess with everything you kind of want to try and get it right and whenever there's any expectation you want to make sure you get the stories right first yeah like it wasn't even a character like i knew the tune because it was a successful one and obviously a good one i guess tails is just a good target for evil like he's such a pure character that like he's just like a little sweetheart and you kind of the same reason why amy works to sort of subvert her but having such a wholesome character as tails be such a really terrifically evil monster is quite fun i don't know jason dewey who will be on the podcast in future episodes had a little idea about it so we kind of took it from there i mean actually i just reread it and he actually mapped out like a lot of the basic beats of what's turned into the amy verse this is going way too deep into it already isn't it <laughs> like was it a challenge you relished or it was just a kind of it seemed like the natural extension of this thing that mashed fans always bring up six seven years after the fact there's an fnf mod so it started to have a sort of life of its own as some things do we have a slightly fly by the seat of our pants uh, approach to production i wouldn't say we had this big plan because fans love that character to do something about it was more just like people were watching that tune loads again and we were seeing the mod came out and we were like what more could we do with this character? And Jason just had a good idea. And even that idea wasn't necessarily supposed to be a massive idea, but, you know, it's sort of figuring out how far the legs of a story can sort of take you and how interested people are in it. It's not laziness. It's just that everything's labor intensive. So like, and it's a lot of people's time and effort and talent goes into things. So we want to make sure we're making the things that the audience want to see and telling the stories that they want to see. 
So there is an element where we chase the interest, I guess. There's lots of stuff that we feel passionate about that we kind of want to make, but we just know <laughs> people don't necessarily want to see it as much, you know? Grunt battle, no? Grunt battle, there's a vocal minority that really, really, really want to see it. <laughs> and let's just say it's not necessarily... A hundred percent dead, but you know people will latch onto that bit. That's fine, man. You know, like like Rasputin was like shot and poisoned and then drowned and thrown off a bridge. I'd say Grand Battle has been shot and poisoned and is has fallen off a bridge, but we don't know if he's dead in the water yet. We haven't made an episode for at least two years, and there are still people asking. So for those people who are asking, we have nothing but respect for your love for that series. And man, you keep on shouting for it. Don't stop, but um, don't hold your breath either. <laughs> <laughs> they were basically a real pain. We could talk about Grunt Battle for ages. <laughs> I know a lot more about Grunt Battle than I do Sonic. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of remarkable, the people who want it. I mean, I guess one thing to say too, is like every cartoon we make, and this is nice, but like everybody asks for a sequel to like almost anything, even if they don't yeah. like it very much, they want a sequel to it. And sometimes things end with like everybody dies and they still want a sequel to it. We always consider it. And whenever anything does well, like we have lots of stories, like when we, if we ever talk about Sonic Rule 34, that was certainly not supposed to become our longest running series, but somehow it's sort of turned into one. That <laughs> that was totally a one-off. But when people really want to see more and we can think of something, you know, it's difficult in some circumstances. But yeah. with that Tails character, I mean, Jason just had a nice idea and it was kind of something that we thought would be kind of small and kind of fan service and fairly easy to make that's just blown up, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's got a lot to do with like th that character being so effective from that original cartoon. Like, I mean, if you look at that original cartoon plot wise, like th it's, there's not really like even a twist like or anything. Like he's just sort of presented as this evil character. He kills lots of people. You know, it's him the whole time. And then they catch him. And well, I guess there's the twist at the very end with the sort of like him continuing to torture people. But he's just sort of a monster. It's just a total like this guy's a, an absolute animal. Too slow. <laughs> I can't hear you. You're too slow. <laughs> Come on, Sonic. Do it. Do it for your old pal. I know. It's so sort of effective in the way it subverts the character and just like well made and well told. So it just works really well. I mean, we don't have the luxury in four minute cartoons of like having these massive arcs, which is part of the reason why a lot of things have turned into like 20 minute four part episodes too. Another important part of videos on the internet is obviously the comment section. So out of over 23,000 comments on Secret History of Sonic and Tails. I've picked out a couple that I wanted to highlight for you two gentlemen today. And the first one is from Bruno Rios6297. This is an interesting one. I suppose it sparks a wider conversation. But Bruno says, Theory, this Tails was actually created by Sega. They did it with the intention of giving Sonic a best friend forever. So they implanted 
on Tails' mind that he should be Sonic's only best friend. But Tails was defective, so he took the words too literally. And so the massacre starts. How do you feel about people diving into the comments and going, oh, what, what, what if this happened? Or da, 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 and they come up with these big, grandiose theories. I mean, I think the theories are really cool. I mean, the funny thing about that comment is it actually reminds me that part of what we were trying to do with Secret History of Sonic and Tails was to kind of find a way to reimagine the introduction of Tails as a character, as a sidekick, you know, because I think that happened with a lot of games and I guess movies as well, which is you'd have your first big successful film uh, and then the sequel would introduce kind of side characters and additions, you know. So that was kind of weaved in to kind of like the opening third of the cartoon, which is kind of Sega imposing Tails on Sonic as kind of like a best friend, whether he liked it or not. Yeah, and kind of, I guess, Sonic having to learn to share the limelight with an additional character. Mm. I mean, honestly, sometimes I, I look at the theories for what we're doing and they're incredible. Funnily enough, with Secret Sorry, with something about Amy and Knuckles, it's probably one of the first times where we've managed to keep people guessing, or at least like a significant majority of people guessing which way the story um, is going to go. But if I was like perfectly frank, there are times when I read theories that are significantly more sophisticated and interesting <laughs> than, than what we have planned. The Sonic fandom is kind of quite unique in a very cool way. And they take these characters like incredibly seriously, you know, uh, and there's a lot of love for them. And I think that you'll see that sometimes when we introduce fairly unknown characters, you know, even kind of like Jet Hawk or something into it, you know, they love it. You know, the, the, the Jet Hawk, their boy, has finally had some representation beyond the IDW comic. Jet Hawk is only in it because... I literally looked up who's the most hated Sonic character. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I want to kill somebody at the beginning and have a sort of like red herring, like that this is going to be about a different character. Um, so I literally just looked up who do people hate the most. Everyone's like, Jet Hawk, he just brags and he says he's as fast as Sonic and he's a dick. So it's like, okay, cool. So we'll kill him at the yeah. beginning. And then I was like, oh no, you killed Jet Hawk. <laughs> The yeah. one we all love to hate. So apparently he's turned into that. But yeah, the th I mean, the theories are good. Um, but what one thing we'll never do is, that we'll, like, I think there are some creators who will literally rewrite their entire story uh, if somebody gets a bit close with a fan theory. Uh, we won't. Um, so if people get it, then we won't change. I don't think with Knuckles, I don't think anybody's got it. Um, no. no people, got, people got the last revealed twist, like, but not that many people, actually. No. And also right. with, like, thousands of comments, like, people are going to probably get close to a lot yes. of them, you know. Like, Some, somebody's probably going to get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the big twist nobody knows yet. Nobody even knows there is a big twist. There might not be, guys. Might be lying yeah. about that. <laughs> Can we put one other thing to bed really quickly? Yeah. For anybody who likes the Amy series, the Knuckles series is related. We, we can't be more clear. We thought we'd been so clear about this. Yeah. It is related to the Amy series. It's, it's another, it's one of the donuts universes you saw yeah. in Amy part four. So just to get that out there, that definitely is the case. Yeah. I mean, in anything that's called, there's something about anything. If it's a Sonic character, yes. that's within the same kind of story universe, like straight up. Yeah. yeah. See, if nothing else, this podcast is useful for putting things like that to bed. Yeah. So now yeah. people have heard. It's not to bed. It won't be to bed. If, uh, <laughs> still. <laughs> Spindle Horse, uh, another comment here from Spindle Horse. They said, I adore this. The twisted expressions on tails are seriously uh, done so perfect. Mick, Blake and Eileen all voicing. This is uh, seriously such a fantastic end result. Ah, you talented people, you amazing job. 
I guess, Tom, these people are in many ways, you know, synonymous with appearing on Mashed. And now, yeah, something about Amy and something about Knuckles. These people have appeared on plenty of Mashed cartoons by now. Yeah. And almost like kind of in the, the same same characters. You mentioned Mick had met, worked with Mashed before. Had Blake or, or Eileen Monty? So, yeah, I mean, they would have done. I mean, I'd have to go and look to see what, but I know that that definitely wasn't their kind of like, you know, their first gigs, any of them. I think it might have been Zarell's first project for us, though. Um, You know, like back then with MASH, like I would say that like the internet animation community was a bit smaller and a bit more well-known, you know, and a lot of guys, I think, who were popular at the time have gone on to do some like really cool stuff. But I was a huge fan of Zarell and the way that he animated, you know, and like, I think for somebody who kind of animated stuff online, you know, the majority of his stuff is frame by frame. Um, it is very, a uh, very unique and recognizable style. I remember when I sent him the project, it actually ended up being longer than I could afford, but he loved it so much. He was like, look, like I'll take the money and I will do this extra bit for free. Cause I just really want to kind of see it through. And that kind of says a lot about Josh. Um, sorry, Josh is Zarell. Yeah, and he did an amazing job with it. Like, it's such a great-looking cartoon. I think kind of back then in particular with the budgets that we had and the kind of where I was at in terms of experience, you know, like I would say it's a mixed bag in terms of, like, production quality. But you can go back and watch that cartoon now and it still holds up, you know, mm. and, like, he did all the character designs, you know. Like, I kind of talked with him about it a little bit, but, like, you know, I think Psycho Tales or Santa Tales, whatever we want to call him, like, Josh defined that character, you know, and there are some moments in that original cartoon that are like legit creepy and kind of like intense, you know, and like, you know, the heavy shadows, um, the way that he kind of like frame shots was like very cinematic, you know, and yeah, he did an amazing job with it. Even if you look at just like the smoke from um, like the cigars and the cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, looks incredible. Tom, have you, I really watched it yesterday. Have you noticed Blake sounds totally, his Sonic it's really cool, but it's really different. Like I had to check who it was because yeah. it's really changed over the years. He's like so much more sarcastic now. Like there's yeah. a real like different yeah. edge to his voice. But yeah, I think I think also though it was like the framing of, of the series at the time was like the idea was that these were events that had happened like some time ago, and we were kind of looking back at them. You know, so like the Sonic that you see in that series is kind of like quite bitter and kind of chewed out, you know, and kind of beaten down, you know, and I think that that lent itself to his kind of performance, you know, that it wasn't, it wasn't the Sonic that we know, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, like a Sonic who was kind of, I guess, on the run to retirement, ultimately. Uh, Amy's amazing, yeah, and then Monty does a little glimpse into what she would do later on as Amy, because she's brilliant yeah. in this one too. I mean, they're all, all the voice acting's incredible. It's just a great tune. He was always there. Anywhere Sonic was, Tails was just hovering around. It seemed so innocent at first and until <laughs> the accident started happening. <laughs> and one final comment here from I am the mouse and the mouse says man tails really lost a lot of weight after this video <laughs> um ben do you want to comment on that or do you have no comment um I mean, <laughs> this is my journalist. I'm putting on my journalist hat here now and I'm trying to get to the bottom of something. I don't see. I think it's reflective of modern society that people just focus on Tails' weight rather than the fact that he's killing people. 
Um, you know, excellent it's, answer, very good answer. Um, but I would say he felt unwieldy if we were going to make him that size, and it felt a little bit easier to slim him back down again. Whether or not where he fits into the sequence, like I saw some people say, maybe this isn't a prequel that this is happening afterwards. Uh, I'll no comment that, but I would say more likely we'll explain how Tails potentially, you know, maybe he got a Peloton. Perhaps. They're all the rage these days. Yeah, or a raging stomach virus or something like that. (laughs) He is also like a crazy super scientist, so I think he could potentially... And we've shown that he can show himself in different um, appearances. Yeah. So it could be that the revealed Tails is still not what he really looks like. Shit, that actually seems like a good idea. So they could be write it down. Write that. it down quickly. It might not even be tails. Ooh, who even? You're, say, the, yeah. you're saying too much, no, Ben. You're saying too much. It could be Sonic. It's not Sonic. It could be Mario. It could be the Sega boss. Look at all these theories, guys. You're just like the fans, Ben, coming up with theories to the cartoon. I that mean, you're that is on. true, though. Like, I mean, that's kind of the way the fans come up with theories. Isn't like that far away from the way we try and come up with stuff. Like, I don't think we've ever lifted a fan's theory and made a cartoon off it, but there's been a couple of temptations for sure. <laughs> Excellent insight into secret history of Sonic and Tails and the kind of a little bit into the, the wider universe. But now what I want to do, and depending on how well this goes, if it bombs, then perhaps we'll never do it again. But if it goes well, then it may become a recurring segment. But I want to know how tapped into pop culture you were when Secret History of Sonic and Tails came out. So let's play a little quiz. Quiz doesn't have a name yet, but... Once I come up with a name, it'll be fantastic. So you needn't worry about that. So, Secret History of Sonic and Tails was released on the 24th of February, 2016. What I want to know, uh, and let's start, I'm going on my screen, I'm going from top to bottom. Tom ben. is literally Googling right now. Look at him. No, no I'm, not, him I'm, typing. Not, I'm, I'm No, not, there's an I'm honor not, system. Really there's not. an honor yeah, system. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, why don't you start us off? Can you tell me what was the number one song in America? <laughs> On the 24th of February, oh 2016. God. 2016 was the year everybody died, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, what was that? Yeah, I think That I was think before right, we had lots of terrible years in a row. It was the year that everybody was like, God, this year's terrible. Now everybody's like, yeah. Um, so number one, was it like a Brexit song? In America? Uh, I don't know. I'm happy. The Pharrell Williams happy song. I think that was a couple of years beforehand. Tom, do you want to have a I shot? Mean, I don't know. I have. I mean, US number... I have No, no, I don't even want to have a shot. I couldn't even pluck something that might even be closely related, I don't think. The, the Canadian superstar, Justin Bieber, with Love Yourself, was topping the charts in America. Doesn't sound familiar. Tom, can you tell me what was the best-selling game in America in February 2016? I don't, yeah, no, Call of Duty. I feel like maybe a Call of Duty. Good shout. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 was number two. Oh. Uh, number one was Far Cry Primal. Really? The, Damn, yeah, really? 
the spin-off, wow. the, the key. Yeah, of... I remember it. I was yeah, just was about sure. to say Far Cry Primal, so yeah, it's good. Oh, sorry, so I should have passed it over. That's probably I... a point to me. I've got a Far Cry Primal pose tattoo on my back. <laughs> ben, can you tell me what was the number one movie at the box office in America this week? I mean, I think it's clear that I can't. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna have, gonna have a go this week too. <laughs> Sorry, so a random week in 2016. Um, I mean, a superhero movie. Is that right? The Dark Crystal. Is that what that clue is? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reacting. Your, your. It is a superhero. It is a superhero movie, movie from 2016. So whereabouts were we? A Marvel one. Mm. I mean, okay. it's, it's an easy in the last decade it's basically is it a superhero movie and chances are you'll probably be right right so i'm doing good though don't take that away from me no um, no i would never closer than i was with the happy so i think it was maybe like um not like guardians was that 2016 i'm gonna say incorrect i'm gonna pass it over to tom oh, come on he had done all the legwork for him I mean, I'm just going to go for it, Avengers. No, no it's not Avengers. Was it? It, it, it is a Marvel film, but I suppose technically not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the time. Is it an X-Men movie? Getting close. Wolverine. Was it Logan? Wolverine. Logan. Logan. No. Deadpool. So close. It's Deadpool, yes. Yes, I got it. First try with the edit. With the edit you're going to do, I got it first try. And I've one final question, Tom. Uh, so Justin Bieber. The week before Secret History of Sonic and Tails dropped, a Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog game launched in Japan. It would come to it would come where we are about a month later, I think. But can you tell me what Sonic the Hedgehog game launched a week before Secret History of Sonic and Tails? Can can you at least give me a hint whether it was like a mainline or like a spin-off? Spin-off. Sonic Racing? No. I'll tell you it's a spin-off. With somebody else, he's sharing the limelight. Oh, it's not. Ma- it's, it's not Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Was that 2016? <laughs> Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> they did yeah. the Rio. One. That's yeah. funny. I was going to yeah. go for Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> the Lost in Space reboot. That would be good. Um, excellent. Uh, thank you very much, lads, for for playing my game with me. It was a great nice game. To- to get to know how much you knew about pop culture. Yeah. Um, and one one final thing I wanted to do with you was to, again, give, give people at home a bit of an insight into who Tom Jenkins and Ben Michael are. So this is something we're calling In Case You Missed It. It's essentially where all of us will, will share something, a sort of a recommendation of something we liked, something we saw on the internet. So, Ben... Why don't you start us off? What What do you want to share? It can be, it doesn't have to be recent. It can be from any time. In case you've missed Joel Haver's very popular comedy channel, he does amazing, very different animations to us. Um, and especially like his, like NPC stuff that's a bit like Grand Theft Auto. Some of those are like, he's got an absolutely hilarious one, which is when you kind of accidentally, I think it's when the controller, it's called when the controller dies, like from an NPC's perspective. And it kind of, it's a, a whole like set up with the big boss who had this plan to attack you while under all these different chandeliers in a warehouse. And uh, he does a very, very good sort of like observational comedy about some of these big games, um, like tropes 
like RPG tropes and those sort mm. of big world tropes. But yeah, I think he's a talented, talented man. Tom, what's your recommendation? Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be animation based. It can be whatever. I think one thing that our audience didn't know for quite some time is like where we were from, who we were. Um, and I think a lot of people thought we were from the US for quite a long time, which is totally understandable considering the nature of the content, a lot of the voice actors that we work with, etc. Um, but I'm going to recommend a Twitter account uh, called No Context Brits. Um, and what it is, is it's kind of like a, both a celebration and I would also say a criticism of uh, the best of British culture, whether that's people uh, or art or, you know, what makes the UK special. Quite satirical. It's kind of like why we're the way that we are. And yeah, I think it's, an, it's a nice, quick, easy way to understand our humour and the things that we care about or don't care about. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a way for you to kind of make a beeline into like TV shows, food, celebrities. It's, it's good fun. Um, I'm looking at one now. Um, which talks about tuna pancakes, which is probably definitely only something that we would even try to come up with as a country. But yeah, no context Brits. Go check it out. It's fun. And very quickly, I'm going to mention, again, it feels, you know, it's very big, but I'm going to recommend Dear Joan and Jerrica, which is a podcast from Julia Davis and Vicky Pepperdine. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. I am a massive Julia Davis fan. I think she is one of the better comedy writers, uh, one of the better British comedy writers of the last decade or so. Did Nighty Night, Camping, did Hunderby. Uh, she's fantastic. But yeah, she she does this podcast with Vicky Pepperdine where they are playing the role, they're playing characters and playing the roles of Agony Ants and answering questions from their listeners. I would retell jokes, but that is one of the most unfunny things that you can do. So yeah, instead, give that a listen because uh, it's fantastic. So yeah, thank you very much, lads. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. So yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to answer my my probing questions in some cases and enlightening all of us on Secret History of Sonic and Tales. So now it is time to plug whatever you'd like. Where can people find you on the internet if you want them to find you? Ben, what would you like to plug? What, other than Mashed? I just, well, I mean, like, do you know, do you want people to follow you on social media? I mean, not particularly, if they want All to. Right. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Tom, would you like people to find you on the internet? Or is it just Mashed? No, no, no. I mean, you can find me on, on Twitter. You can have a look at everything that I like, which is about as, as deep as it goes, and my bi- bi-yearly tweets, which may change. So, yeah, I'm uh, at Wimbizzle. So that's W-I-M-B-I-double-Z-L-E. Excellent. And, yes, of course, the big one, go to Mashed on everything. Mashed is either... Just mashed, or sometimes this is mashed. Keep you guessing. But the the important one, I suppose, Tom, is youtube.com forward slash mashed. Yeah, I mean, you would think that people who've come to listen to this are probably already there. But if not, yeah, please do go check it out. I would like to ask a question of anybody who's listening to this who is not familiar with mashed. Is like, are you lost? Like, are you okay? Um, I'm trying to think what they could have been looking for. Are you for. tied yeah. to a chair in a room where somebody is a fan of Mashed? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, lads. It's been a pleasure. I hope we'll get to do it soon again. Yeah. 
And that just about does it. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. You can also find us on social media. We are at Rogue Pixels Pod. Get in touch and let us know who you would like to hear on the show. This has been a Spudgun Studios production. I have been Colin Ahern, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of Rogue Pixels. Pixels.